What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's champion, Mick Aldis, and you're listening to Behind the Gorilla. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Behind the Gorilla. And uh, we're going to talk about the Batman for probably a little while. Um, also, AEW. And uh, Harris, how's it going? It's going great, Mark. Now, listen, I have a riddle for you. What does the movie The Batman and this AEW pay-per-view have in common? To be honest, I have no idea. In, in my opinion, a little bit too long couple really questionable decisions that i felt were unnecessary and still real good i had a really good time watching it i'm glad it happened that's that's my takeaway from both of those things okay i disagree um Uh uh-huh i know i i i skimmed through the pay-per-view basically watched almost none of it um ah see then this is not gonna and (laughs) it, it was and and as i was skimming through it just was very uninterested um I didn't think the Batman was too long, and but I did have a couple of issues. But overall, loved the Batman. Did not love the pay per view. So slightly different perspective here. But I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I just so the the comparison falls apart pretty quickly here. <laughs> My only issue with the Batman, everything. Uh, spoiler alert for the movie The Batman. On the off chance that you're up to date on your behind the gorilla, but not your batman movies which get your life in order that's, that's true case. yeah if spoilers if we're, uh, yeah if you haven't seen the batman just don't listen to this podcast i mean spoilers for aew i guess yeah too, whatever too, uh, <laughs> a week or plus ago everything that happens after they capture the riddler like almost none of it needed to happen no it was just a real quick fair. flip of a switch to like oh we got to make him the joker because people like the joker we oh, okay have that was awful at the end that's awful people want unnecessary yeah. i know I, I i um that's fair i understand the complaints people have about the, the the finale of the movie i didn't mind it but i do understand there's a couple things that should have been set up a little bit more throughout mm-hmm. the movie um mm-hmm. before the ending but there was there was a handful of things that were necessary but for me it, it had nothing to do with length or necessarily scenes it had to do with unnecessary drama and that's one thing I hate about movies. I hate it when movies add in unnecessary drama. Are you uh, talking about Alfred getting put in the hospital? No, no, no. That was fine. I'm oh, talking okay. about, uh, one, the negative image of the Waynes. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it. It's done too much. And then it was like whiplash. It's like, oh, this negative thing. Oh, is the Riddler lying? What's going on? Then, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Falcone. Oh, yeah, I killed someone for your dad. Uh, okay, very next scene. Alfred, you lied to me. No, I didn't. He didn't mean for it to happen. And you're like, wait, what? What was, I mean, that was a great scene, you know, with him and Alfred, but like completely unnecessary. Like all of that plot point was stupid, mm. unnecessary, and <clears throat> dumb. And then the other one was the whole massive unashamed implication that the Riddler knew who Batman was. That was so <laughs> frustrating. And and it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I, I'm I'm relieved 
when, you know, it comes out that he doesn't. Right. But also you're like, this was such a stupid, emotionally <laughs> manipulated scene for the fans for no reason. It, well, like, it makes no Like, I know what they were trying to do in context because yeah. the Riddler is actually just talking about Bruce Wayne. Right. But he doesn't say it that way. No, like, he it's doesn't. It's the kind of thing that nobody in real life would ever actually The implication is clearly there. Yes. And, and it's it's to get this emotional reaction from Batman. And it's all just so – it's schlock. Yeah. That, that scene you. is yeah. pure schlock. And it's a yeah. great scene. It's great. It's a great interaction with Batman and Riddler. It's a well-written yeah. scene, well-acted. Yeah. But that heavy implication did not need to be – you can have the whole scene written almost the exact same way. You can have the yeah. whole scene there, and you don't do that. It's just – there was too – there was a few too many things of teasing for no reason just to manipulate yeah. uh, the audience. I didn't like that. I did like that they always pulled back before making it too stupid. So I appreciated that, that I guess. Is true. But it was just not needed. Like this was the first Batman movie ever where nobody knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. It is the first one we've ever seen live action, ever, where only Alfred and Bruce know he's Batman. Not a single other person. Every other Batman movie, there's some stupid forced-in love interest who he stupidly tells... And, you know, or some crap like that, or I was waiting for him to tell Gordon. I was waiting for him to tell Cal. I was waiting for this dumbness, this dumbness to happen like we see in every movie. And they didn't do it. I was so happy about it. I was like, this is a dumb question. Is it the Joker who knows in Batman 89 or is it someone else? It's everybody. Um, It's (laughs) well, one, Alfred just walks Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. Which, okay, immediately uh, Alfred is now being assassinated. Um, yeah, you're fired. Dude. Yeah. You can't be doing uh, that. And, then, and then he basically tells the Joker at the end of the movie. Right. I um, made you, you made me. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that happens there. I mean, even Batman Begins. Uh, he tells Rachel at the end. Like, every movie, it happens. Yeah. yeah no, I'm... I can and, see it uh, with the rest of them. I'm yeah, just, uh, you know, Rachel Ghoul. Like everyone knows in every movie, the villain knows in every movie, and the love interest knows in every single movie. And in this one, neither of them did. And it was yeah, just such a relief. Cool. It was so nice. I, I I loved it. The tone was incredible. It was the best was really tone good. of any Batman movie ever. Best Gotham, best music. I still like the Danny Elfman theme as my favorite Batman, like, you know, piece of music. But mm-hmm. as far as like the overall score, it's the best score, I think, by far. I, that score was incredible. The the individual pieces for each of the three characters, Batman, Riddler, and Catwoman, are all awesome. Mm-hmm. There weren't many moments of like action where I was like, oh, the score here is really good. But those central themes were so good that it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it was a great score. All the characters loved- were great. Gordon was phenomenal. That This might be my favorite Gordon. Like it, I might like Jeffrey Wright's Gordon more than Gary Oldman's. It's really close, but he, I he love really him. good. I like the uh, I like the thumb drive bit. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a fun. little bit of humor that fits yeah. with the character. Yeah. You know, it's not jokes forced into a movie. It's just natural stuff. And it's like the Riddler is both the Riddler and Batman. I have a few things with because they're both very much not like the characters in mm-hmm. a way. Riddler more so than Batman. Um, it's very Heath Ledger Joker, and I don't mean as in quality, but as in like <laughs> Heath Ledger was not the Joker, like in any way, shape, or form. Not one part of that performance or character was like the Joker character. It's definitely it was completely a strong different. reimagining. It was yeah. completely different, but it fit in that world and was executed brilliantly. I feel that way about Paul <laughs> Dano's Riddler. It's n- um, it's nothing like the Riddler in any way we've ever seen ever. It's a completely new character, 
but it fits with the movie. There's a few elements they add, some of the humor, some of the stuff. Like there's a few that are still there, and and but but it fits with the tone and the world of the movie. So I really enjoyed it. So it's very similar yeah. with that. But I don't know. Yeah. I liked the vibe of this movie a lot, way more than probably any other Batman movie. That's oh, why like the last um the last 40 minutes or so really bothered me cuz everything yeah. else was so great and it just felt so tacked on. I really think you could sit down. I'm going to I'm going to steer us back onto the road here. Just like the AEW pay-per-view, I really think you could sit down and crop like 30 minutes out and be left with something like that I would consider all-time great. Still real good. I had a good time. Recommend both if you've listened to all this and haven't seen either. Again, get your life in order. But, yeah, there's some fluff there, and there's one or two decisions where you're like, you didn't need to do that. Like, you were clearly just – well, let's talk about the pay-per-view for a second. Let's let let's get into this. I'm trying to think. Did you watch any matches specifically, or did you just kind of scroll through to, like, kind of see the results and stuff? Uh, uh, I, I watched the Punk MJF match. And okay. that was pretty much it because I down I, – I didn't – I missed it live because I was snowboarding and then uh-huh. I just had no in- – I've had no interest in watching AEW. It, it just – it feels like a chore and so mm-hmm. I downloaded it and then just was like, oh, yeah, I need to watch that all week and <laughs> finally threw it on I think uh, either – was it yesterday or Thursday? I, I don't – I think maybe Thursday and uh, – I don't remember when yesterday or Thursday and I watched the MJF and CM Punk match and then pretty much just skim through everything else. Cause I, again, it, nothing interested me story-wise almost at all, except for kind of that one. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure plenty of these matches were good, were like good matches. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's plenty of really good people and AEW has been consistently putting on good matches but just there's been no interest other than like, oh, this will be a good match. It's like, okay, well, I've seen a bunch of these recently from AEW. That's not enough anymore. So that it was kind of that type of thing. And also, I didn't have a ton of time, so that was part of it too. Yeah. But okay. but yeah, so it was kind of a mix of those. So the only match I actually watched was MJFC and Punk. Okay, well, let me talk about the, the two things that I – well, I'm just kind of – I'm scrolling through the card here. I can think of a couple things. I'm like, okay <laughs> – I'm going to talk about a couple of the things that I liked and then the two like bad decisions because those are what we talked about in the prior episode and also will probably lead us into Dynamite going forward, which I didn't watch. I imagine you didn't watch, but, you know, just AEW. Yeah, I did. I watched Dynamite today. Okay, so so you can catch me up on that. So, like, the Jake Cargill mash was – almost a squash like it was it was still pretty much a squash it wasn't super evenly matched but like she did some selling their presentation of her i think is the best thing they've done in terms of like production value of any wrestler like they make her look and feel like a big deal i'm not sure there's enough women on the roster to like challenge her at this point which is kind of your problem yeah when thunder rosa can't do it and that's one of my issues right. right pissed off about well it was still i mean this wasn't thunder rosa this was tay conti but no but and it was good yeah. it, it was good and she did a really good job of you know looking dangerous a little bit even though you never really felt like she would win she didn't just get steamrolled either i mean there was enough there to keep you interested the jade cargill thing is pretty good i know she's green but like the characters there i just the don't like watching her there. matches they're just yeah. terrible uh, well uh 
she's gonna hold on to that thing for a while. I don't I think she, they even. Know I, I like her character, it, but, but she's it's just the matches just aren't good. She's still green, yeah, for sure. But anyway, I was happy with that. I think it was a good amount of variety. Um, John Moxley, Brian Danielson was excellent, and nice. I loved. Like I was a little hesitant, especially on like a four hour pay per view, that they would run this thing for like an hour. Yeah, like a time limit draw or something. It felt it was really rough. It was really brutal and it ended quick. And I love nice. that. It felt like a UFC fight where like you have two or three rounds of something really good and then somebody steals a submission, like catches somebody off guard. And you're like, man, he won, but I want to see them do that again. Like it was that kind of match. It was just it left you wanting more. It left both of them looking really strong because mm-hmm. basically Danielson looked like he was winning like his technical superiority was going to win out yeah and then he kind of got caught in the end I-, I watched the ending exactly that was really really good they didn't want to get along they didn't want to show respect and then William Regal comes out and says you two better get along or I'm going to turn this car around yay and they're more all people added now. I there are always like I feel like we've always complained that there's too many factions or teams in AEW. I'm really excited for this one. I don't care. This is going to be really, really cool. I'm excited to see what they do next. This is a ton of fun. Very. That's probably what I'm most excited about going forward. And then the oh the Sting match. I don't know if you watched that. I I I uh, I wanted to, but it's such a pointless match. Like mm-hmm. on the card, and then. All I did was see like nine dives off of things on yeah. Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, so this is a waste of time." And so Sting I didn't. Sting is it. a maniac. It's it's an incredible match by Sting. Otherwise, it could have been on Dynamite. But yeah. Sting was a maniac. So it's I, I'm honestly missing. just I refuse to watch any more matches where I see any jumping off of anything spots in AEW because it happens every single week, and I'm so uninterested in it. They've ruined it for me. Like anytime I see any hardcore, almost anything, it's just. I immediately check out because I'm like, oh, we do this every single week, at least twice. I'm I don't care anymore. It's like it's not needed, not needed. Let's just wrestle in a ring, please. Only Sting can do high spots from here on out in AEW. <laughs> no, please. No, save the man. <laughs> that's a, that's a mistake. <laughs> but that was that was great. And that was a great moment in a match that I didn't really care about. The main event was also a whole lot of fun. I mean, it was just like... I just didn't care because I'm like, well, this is pointless. There's no reason no, for this it, match to be happening. There's no buildup. There's no I, chance Adam, of Adam Cole winning. I just... I See, I thought there was a halfway decent chance because Adam Cole is that good. And he's that good in main events. And you he can is see that them good. wanting to give him a shot in the arm. Nope. You could see a situation where Red Dragon comes down and runs interference and he steals a win that way. Nope. I just I well I, I thought Hangman really is fun. too much he's been I don't know how to say this. He's been <sighs> Hangman is like Britt Baker in AEW. They're the same person. They're a homegrown person they've overhyped, I think, for too long. Mm-hmm. And we've heard way too much of this is the best person. He's the future. He's the future. He's the come. There's been a little bit too much to now that it's here, they just they're they're kind of stuck. Like and and I got nothing against Hangman. I like Hangman, and I don't mind him as champion either. I thought that was a good story and a good you know, but I almost think there's a little. It 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 gets to the point now where like he ain't gonna lose for a minute, and mm-hmm. it just you're it, like it, okay, I'll tune back in in six months when yeah, there's a chance they like, might take it off of him. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. Like if they took the title off of him like now, like instant, I think that would make the whole scene 
instantly more exciting. Um, yeah. Because I think he's also better as a chaser. He's that white meat baby face. Oh, 100%. That does not, I don't think, I think benefits from winning the title. I don't think benefits from holding it for a very long time, if that makes sense. I mean, I guess that's stupid to say because everyone benefits from holding it, but. No, but no, I, that's, that's real. Like there are characters yeah. that it's exciting to watch them chase. And then once they have it, the you're pure like. pure okay. white meat baby faces, again, WWE aside, because that was a whole different model, but hmm. the white meat baby faces traditionally are not the ones, one, to win a ton of titles, and two, to hold them for very long, because honestly, they don't need to, and stories are much easier to tell mm-hmm. when the heat, when there's a heel mostly holding on to the title. It's just more interesting. You can do more with it. There's a reason why Ric Flair's 16-time world champion. Right. Um, and, and most of those were not like, you know, nowadays when it's, oh, there's two world titles and you win it and lose it all the time. Like, he won 16 titles over, you know, 40, you know, 40 years or whatever. Right. But, uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes won it three times, barely held it any of those three times. You know, Jeff Hardy's won it like three times, barely held it any of those times, usually lost one time, lost it the day of, uh, like, you know, there's just certain people that I feel like kind of could benefit. They, they just benefit more from the chase. Um, Mm -hmm. so I know they're trying to establish him as kind of a face of the company, which is totally understandable. And I agree with. Eh, I'm just kind of interested in the title picture as long as he's champion. I think what happened for me is Adam Cole brought a lot of his. Adam like, Cole he, would be a great person to hold a title for a while because mm-hmm. he can play both an actual <clears throat> heel and like a chicken heel. Yeah, that's true. Well, but also like he doesn't have like a real colorful character. So when true. he comes over, he's he's just Adam Cole. baby. Like he's yeah. able to bring all of the like history and all of the swagger from NXT that translates directly. Mm-hmm. So watching him have a really killer main event with hangman page one, it was just fun. Cause I love a good Adam Cole main event. Like it's, I, I really missed it when he left NXT and NXT kind of went downhill or went in a different direction. It was fun to watch like that Adam Cole match again. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it gave, it, it gave a little bit of a rub to hangman in my opinion, because now I have like that associated with his title reign too. That's fair. I thought it was a really good, like, solid defense. And I did think, I, I feel like he's getting a little stale. So I felt like there was a chance they would put it on Adam Cole. But anyway, I, I, I was into that. I don't know what's going to happen next. Something stupid, I'm sure. But let's get to the two uh, wrong decisions that I think we came out of our preview show a couple weeks ago saying, well, like, this could be really good. Just don't do this. And they did that in both cases. And they had Punk beat MJF, which you completely called. Yeah. And then they had Britt Baker retain. Yeah. But let's talk about the Punk thing first. Yeah, I, like, I do want to talk because I do have a couple of things. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I have a couple things. Okay. Uh, I'm both not as mad as I thought I would be and just as mad, um, <laughs> it, which is weird. Like I had much less of a visceral reaction because they okay punk didn't beat him clean so that's true i hated it a little less but also he did beat him and so that's stupid and two you you ruined it you ruined the wardlow turn you completely dropped the ball on that moment um, maybe not for the fans. Again, everyone in AEW is stupid. Um, every fan base just eats up everything and thinks everything is done well, and it pisses me off. But um, 
I was so disappointed in the ending. Like, I want to see Ward. I want to see Wardlow turn on MJF. I want to see him cost MJF. Like definitively. Right. I yeah. want to see him beat the crap out of him. I don't want to see him yeah. just not give him a ring and then give it to Punk. Like that's. Li- he didn't even. Boring. Somebody else pointed this out. He didn't even give it to Punk. He no. just left it in the ring. It was so like fizzle. Like really, you built this up for two years almost. Yeah. Yeah. And overcooked it too long. But, you know, you've made the character interesting. You had him win the whatever stupid toilet seat on a pole match. And, uh. No, Mark, it's clever because sure. it's a joke about the brass right, ring. Right. But it wasn't that even for the main good. title. So it makes even more sense. <laughs> yeah, for the secondary. Um, which that, they literally by the way, just. just by the way. And, and not even that, but they changed titles on Dynamite then with that belt. Um. <sighs> I have a few issues to talk about AEW booking in a second. Oh, but, um, my word. Hang on. I'm sorry. Just one more thing. The the winner of the proverbial grab the brass ring ladder match getting to challenge for the secondary title is the most like Vince McMahon. Thing it is. I think it's the most WWE done. thing of all time. <laughs> and they don't even realize it. It's the most no, ironic thing I've ever seen in AEW. <sighs> um, okay. So that was very frustrating. At least he didn't win clean. I mean, obviously, you can't say a dirty finish with a no rules match. Like, I get it. That's fine. Right. But but right. in 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 uh, the way, you know, looking at it. That protects MJ. It does. It, it yeah. does. And so so for me, at least with that, I was like, all right, at least that was the case. Still should have won. Um, yep. So that's still annoying, but I wasn't as mad as I was honestly more mad at the drop ball Wardlow thing than I was even at the finish. Interesting. Um, just because I knew what well, well, one, I knew it was going to happen anyway. So that, that helped, but um, yeah, it was, uh, so, okay. But the match itself, I enjoyed, um, except for two things other than the finish. I thought the match was good because again, it, it was very old school. It was very, it was slower, methodical. It was mm-hmm. nice to see, even though it was a hardcore match, you know, and there's a lot of blood and stuff. It was mm-hmm. still very, it was very traditional for the most part. Um, and I enjoyed that. Uh, the two things I didn't enjoy, I hated the spot when MJF grabbed a microphone and is yelling at CM Punk to quit. Like, okay, you just took all the piss out of your match because now you're turning it into an I quit match. Why? This is unnecessary. This spot totally takes away from the whole stipulation of this match because you're throwing Mm -hmm. in basically another stipulation. And it's like, that was just not wisely done. It was just unnecessary. And then the other thing I hated was the thumbtacks. Are we serious again? This is a thing that happens now every month in AEW. Mm -hmm. We already have this brutal stipulation match. And you're going to take all the thunder out of it just to get a stupid pop from the retards and AEW fan base. It's like, it was so unnecessary. It's, It's again, going back to the Batman movie. It's this unnecessary forced yep. drama for no reason. It's like they don't trust their own wrestlers or product. And it's so, f- and that's, we'll talk about it in a second. That's one of the big, big booking issues with AEW. Is yeah. It honestly feels like they don't trust their own product or people. Because every okay. single show, it's this car crash, insane, high spot fest type match mm-hmm. just to get mm-hmm. the live crowd to make noise. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's frustrating. Overall, I liked most of the match. Um, you know, I liked the punk hurting his leg. Like, uh, you know, there was good stuff in the match. And for the most part, I enjoyed it. But yeah, mm-hmm. finished bad and a couple of those segments less than yeah. ideal. I 
I like this match in this moment, I think, as much as it's possible to like a match where the wrong person won. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm having a hard time thinking of another one because this is like – every once in a while, I have to stop and remind myself, like, you were very sure you would never get to see CM Punk wrestle again. True. And the fact that he can come out – I love Mark. I love that they draw on his Ring of Honor heritage with yeah. that entrance and everything. Oh, we'll talk I about love that. that the story they've been telling is that like, you know, MJF idolized like ring of honor punk. Like they don't call it that, but that's mm-hmm. what it is, you know? And that's what like made him the person he is today and punk leaving wrestling or leaving for the WWF. Also though, that's impacted- not true. Punk- well, uh, MJF never watched punk in ring of honor. He's younger than we are. Right. But I'm just saying like, that's fine <laughs> to be the story. I don't care about that. Yeah. So I love that like you have that story and you have this legacy of punks now as being like one of the young bucks, not the young bucks, but one of the young space bucks, you know, that helped make ring of honor. Great. Like one of the early great ring of honor champions. And now he's this elder statesman, like for the brand, Mm -hmm. a brand that is now under the same company's umbrella. And like, he's absolutely going to like show up from time to time from what I've read. I mean, that's not, you know, it's not set in stone yet, but I love that he's continuing to kind of be this figure in professional wrestling and with a really good match that again, he had no business winning. And it's just so like, we can talk about this a little bit more when our, our next match and just like where they're going, going forward. But like, I'm really glad I brought up the Batman analogy. I think it really works. And I love the way you just said that, which is it feels like they don't trust their audience. Mm -hmm. Like the entire, that was what bothered me. Uh, Again, I liked it a little less than you. I still really liked it, but so much of that movie, it really felt like Matt, like the director was like, you, you, you get this. Like you're here because you like Batman and you're smart and you're, you know, sophisticated when you want to be. And I'm going to give you a really damn good movie. Yep. And then there were moments where it felt like the Warner Brothers, you know, intellectual property trust came in and said, but we've got to have a big fist fight in the superhero movie. And he's like, we don't really that's not what the movie's about. They're like, well, let's just wait, make him make him on TikTok, you know, make the make the Riddler be on TikTok. Yeah. He's like, okay. Thumbtacks, not necessary. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot the pops fun. MJF did it really well, but it doesn't. The, st- the stipulation can be the stipulation and you don't right. get brownie points for bringing back this really old school stipulation in the dog collar match. If you keep watering it down with, yep. you know, like EC dub stuff, it just doesn't. Now it's a t- thumbtack and I quit match on top yeah. of the dog collar. And you're like, like the- why, why can't we just trust this? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I, I didn't care that much about the Wardlow thing. I think because I'm not that invested in him. And Which also because I like, I, I like that it gave punk the window to like show a little bit of his own edge, like not a heel move, but you know, not yeah. a white meat baby face move to pick up the ring and knock MJF out with it. So I like that it gave him that opportunity and protected MJF a little bit. Yeah. Like he gets a little tweener agency to pick up the ring and it protects MJF a little bit in defeat. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. I, so this is like, I'm glad this exists as like a moment I can look back on and like see punk's career and MJF's career and like the ring of honor story and all this cool stuff. <laughs> He's going to go feud with Wardlow now. Are you kidding me? Are they ever going to actually make this like this? Well, I don't even know. Cause it. again, on dynamite, he didn't even come out when Wardlow came out and did his whole, you know, speech with Tony Schiavone about 
you know, his whole stuff basically well, turning, you know, ba- babyface Wardlow. Let's just say that babyface Wardlow promo. He didn't even come out. MJF didn't even come out. And it was like, okay, so all right. here's the thing. If I'm book, if they give me the book today, I'm like keep MJ off off television for two months. Like yes. we got a hard yes. reset here. Yep. You can't like, I don't care, man. You can't go from feuding with CM Punk to Wardlow. I know he's cool and like has a chance to be like a cool up and coming, whatever. You can't do that, man. No. You can't keep telling me that this guy is the future and this guy's the face of the company. He needs to be getting the same level of like clear kayfabe adoration that they have for Britt Baker and yes. Hangman Page. Yes. And he's just not. Nope. And I do not understand. Nope. I, I, I don't, I don't get know it. when they're going to pull the trigger because it, it makes no sense, man. Who is he beat? Did he beat Cody or did he lose to Cody? He beat Cody. Um, okay. No, he he straight up beat Cody at Revolution. Has he beaten anybody since? He beat Jericho three times, but then lost in the finale of the feud. That's, I mean, like he beat feud. Punk yeah. and then lost in the finale of the feud. Um, he uh, what else has it's, he done? Um, I don't understand. He did I mean, that whole thing with out, like, Inner Circle for a while before that that turned into the Jericho feud. Is the Pinnacle still do? a faction? Did they I do did, anything? I don't know. Uh, the, the FTR fired Tully on Dynamite. I know that, so I don't. I don't know. Um, okay. There's a lot to talk about with Dynamite, to be honest. But um, okay. uh, I I I can't even remember to be honest. It's it's been it's been a minute. He he lost a title match to Moxley like a year and a half ago. I remember. Oh yeah, that was good. Okay, that was no, good. That... So we um, found two things. But yeah, basically for the past year, he's been in like two or three feuds, and ultimately has lost in the last match of pretty much yeah. all of them. I don't understand how we can figure out that this is a problem, and you completely called this. And I was like, they have to put him over. Like, that's the only decision that makes sense. No. Apparently, we're the only people who realize that. AEW like, is run by a millionaire, billionaire dork. He's It's run by a child, and we've talked <laughs> about it multiple times, and it's even more the case now. It's Tony really Khan funny. is an incompetent child when it comes to booking, and it's so clear. It's he really- books off of Twitter. It's really funny to realize what I'm literally just now realizing that we have two wrestling brands and yep. one is run by the biggest caricature of sports entertainment that you could ever imagine. And the other is the biggest nerd caricature of a pro wrestling fan that yep. you could ever imagine. Yep. And they both book the companies to their detriment. Yep. Way. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you want to talk about the real match we're going to have a problem with, Mark? You want to just to be honest, I don't right even know what it. it is. It's Britt Baker beating Thunder oh. Rosa on the pay per view. Yeah, but Mark, we already knew that that was going to happen. Mark, I know, but it's still terrible because Mark. Here's the thing: I don't like. Okay, match is good. Whatever. I don't. You know me. I'm a story guy. The match was real good. Wrong person won. Yes. Wrong person won for like with even less of an excuse because at least with MJF we're like, well, you know, at least Punk hit him with the ring and that could theoretically protect him in kayfabe Britt Baker just ran interference with her two little goons and then stole a win again like I'm so tired of it it's not interesting she's a talented performer she's not the final boss no like she's, she's not. not the god of she's wrestling. so it's over not... she is so overvalued it's honestly frustrating well, at this point here's what I thought was funny we talked about this a couple weeks ago and then like every preview I heard like two or three different places leading up to the pay-per-view they were like okay yeah it's time give it to Thunder Rosa like mm-hmm. this is not it's not only us yeah and here's Mark during the show I'm not I'm not even 
that mad about the match. I'm more offended by what happened after. During the show, before the pay-per-view had gone off the air, they said, yeah, Thunder Rosa is going to be in a number one contenders match this week on Dynamite, and the winner's going to face Britt Baker in two weeks. I'm like, why? <laughs> why should I? Guess what, Mark? She could lose again. It won't yeah. matter because they might just give her a title match the next week. You can't. I'm getting to talk. I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that oh, too. I want to talk about the Hang booking on, of the titles. Yet. I'm not done yet. You okay, can't go build ahead. your. Sorry, I got ahead of steam. You can't build your company. And say things at the press conference like wins and losses matter mm-hmm. and then rush through this pay-per-view build, trot this out there, the same finish we've seen like seven times from this champion, and then give her a title match again on the same show. Like it would be one thing if in kayfabe there was like – so I know they don't want to do an authority figure thing, but if an authority figure were to say, hey, that's not fair, Thunder Rosa got screwed – she should get another shot. And Britt Baker's like, no, you have to earn a shot. And the authority figure's like, fine, we'll put her in a number one contenders match. You are at least acknowledging that you can't just pluck a woman who just lost for the title mm-hmm. and put her right back in the title 14 days later. Yep. There's no kayfabe reason for this. None. Nope. It makes no sense. I didn't even know that. But yeah, that that's, I, that's dude, fair. If the plan apparently like in two weeks, it's in Thunder Rose's hometown. You want to put the title on her there, have a big moment in the main event. That's fine. Don't put this on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just make something up. Have Britt Baker say, no, I don't need to fight Thunder Rosa. And then you're like, oh, she's clearly scared of Thunder Rosa. And then they say, oh, they're, you know, she faked an injury or whatever. We're going to have a number one contenders match just to force Britt Baker to fight Thunder Rosa. Like, figure out something. Don't waste my time by trying to get me to care about this match that you have no build for because you rushed it. And then saying, oh, but we'll have the real title match again in two weeks. Just uh, okay. terrible. Can I terrible. Can I just uh, – okay, we'll, we're going to jump around a bit here. I just want to talk about Dynamite now, just that you said all of that. Okay, yeah, no, let's go because I don't have anything else to say about the pay-per-view. Okay, that, I, I have more to talk about last. kind of with Thunder Rosa. But, but, but anyway, I just want – it's a perfect time to just go ahead and go into this. So Thunder Rosa wrestled Layla Hirsch for the number one contendership – on dynamite five days after losing the title match yep she wins uh, obviously (laughs) okay yeah wait i'm not done i just said i'm not done anyway uh okay uh red velvet helped her when her layla tried to cheat or whatever um so she wins Oh, this gets so much better. Tony Schiavone comes out and then revealed that Rosa will challenge Britt Baker next week. So on Wednesday for the title, it's in uh, Thunder Rosa's. uh, It's not where she's from, but it's where she lives right now in San Antonio in a cage match. And then Britt Baker comes out, you know, and, and cries about it, obviously, you know, typ- right. you know, of course. Uh, and I kind of agree with Britt Baker in this instance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, at, uh, um, why did we have the pay-per-view match? Why? Why did that even Gee. happen? I, I don't it's know. It's now a bigger deal on a random television show two weeks later. Yeah. And here's the thing. I oh. like that they're giving it. It's just I, I like that they're making it a big deal. I like that they're putting it in her hometown. I like that they're giving it a cage match. 
but not two weeks after a normal match. All I can say, but again, we already know AEW just doesn't give a crap about their pay-per-views. That that's that's very clear. Um, again, a Thunder Rosa better win. <laughs> like, good lord! Like, good lord! Oh man! Like, she and if, better like, win. Oh. Oh man, but God, it would be funny if she didn't. If like if somebody interferes again, like crawls Dude, into the steel they have cage. just established Thunder Rosa as just oh, the man. epitome of good hand building up the champion losing. Like it's like they've just built her up as this now over the past year and a half. And so, good lord, they better. <laughs> it almost seems dumb to make her champion at this point. Like I almost don't even believe in her anymore. Like it's like. <laughs> It's just because right. well, so she just got pumped done. Out the last match, like it's so and and okay. Am I saying this right? Is this true? When I'm I'm reading this about the finish of that match, she kicks out of a finisher on the belt, but then gets pinned with another finisher not on the belt. After <laughs> is that true? Yep. Oh yep. my gosh! That's baffling, dude. Makes no like. Here's the thing: uh, you could just like, you could just have. Thunder Rose's match at the pay-per-view be for a number one contendership. Like that sure. makes the belt feel like a big deal that it doesn't even necessarily have to be defended on the pay-per-view. And the number one contendership feels like a bigger deal instead of this <sighs> weird throwaway tease and release that they've now performed. I don't. It's because it's booked by a six-year-old. Like it's yes. booked by somebody who's a little too caffeinated at all times. Yep. <laughs> that's yes. The best, that's the best way I can put it. Uh, I don't understand man. how people turned on Cody Rhodes, who even if he was a little confused in his booking as of late, has always had something interesting well, to do also, and say. He hasn't been but booking look, as of late. He wasn't booking. Well, no, over I was the just talking about like months. his own direction. I guess not the show, just like what he was doing. But nobody's turned. Nobody's gotten tired of this in AEW yet. We're like the only two people who are like, this is pretty annoying. It's Nobody the biggest yes man that. audience in the history of wrestling. People talk about WWE audiences as like, yeah. oh, they'll just go with everything. And that is true. Um, there is a big, big group of that that does that. It's not even close to the AEW internet wrestling community fan base. The These are mindless the morons. Like I've never seen any more clear example of just brainwashed idiots who just go along with everything. It's so frustrating. The pops that are constantly gotten for every stupid thing that happens <laughs> is baffling. And that's why they keep doing it. Cause it's working. Yep. Yeah. You would make a great Brian Alvarez to like Jim Cornette's Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Can I just say, let me just say this. The best person talking about wrestling is Eric Bischoff by far. He has the best takes on everything. He talks about it business wise. He, he breaks down why things are good and bad at, from a business perspective, like not just a straight, he talks very le little about just a straight wrestling element and yeah. much more about television booking and, and company running and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's pretty fascinating to hear him say, you know, talk about a lot of things which is pretty interesting but I need he's to, probably the person i, I like the following most, that but. i'm actually just to have something on in the background and before we started the call i'm re-watching one of the um wwe propaganda documentaries about the monday night wars and what's yeah. remarkable 
is even watching like these were produced by WWE in yeah. like the late 20 teens. Like the whole point by the end is to, you know, laugh at WCW and mm-hmm. just make fun of them. Every interview with Eric Bischoff where he talks about what he was doing, it's so clear that he's a smart guy. Yep. And like made some mistakes in running the company, but sure. he's just got a really good mind for the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. So and like I, you said, I he was running it as a television game. company and yeah. not as much of a wrestling company. Yeah. Um, you know, which is the, the biggest example is the whole Goldberg winning the title three, you know, a week before the pay, you know, the big pay-per-view yeah. and dude. I think we talked about this. On His the explanation show. of that is brilliant. It makes sense. And then the pay-per-view was the highest selling pay-per-view in WCW history. Yeah. After that. Every um, time I watch that match, I like it a little bit more. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's low key. It's, it's low key in my top 10. And oh, the Atlanta sure, factor is. is so great. It is man. in the so dome. 50,000 people. Oh man. It's great. My dad was there. He always rubs That's that in cool. my face. But um, <laughs> what a weird thing. You can't help that. I know. Well, what I was alive. Like he could have technically brought me. I was like three. But oh, uh, man. yeah. So he does always have to mention that, that he was there. But um, <clears throat> that's neither here nor there. Uh, But yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, it, it's it's frustrating. And, and I guess we can go into dynamite and again with more of the terrible booking. Um, OK, so there's a few things we didn't talk about revolution now. Let me just say this. So all the titles were defended on Revolution, I'm pretty sure, except for the TNT title. Um, right. Which should have been. We discussed that. Right, which definitely should have been. Um, especially after what happened on Dynamite. Um, so <laughs> Dynamite Harris. Uh, the TNT title was defended. That's the main event. The AEW title was defended. And the tag team titles were defended all on dynamite four days after the pay-per-view. See, I thought I saw something about hangman defending the title. He did. And Against I genuinely Dante thought I must've Martin. read that wrong. A guy why? who sucks. He has why? no, I don't, why are they shoehorning Dante Martin into trying to be this next superstar? I don't understand. He's so uninteresting. He's very talented in the ring. And he can do a lot of cool flippy moves. He has no psychology, no character, no talking ability, no charisma at all. And he's being just handed this golden platform constantly. He loses to Paige in a title match just impromptu for no reason after they just defended it. And then bring... Then... Tony Schiavone comes to talk to Hangman. Hangman calls Dante Martin back down to the ring to put him over for five minutes. Oh, man. And you're just like, what is going on? Why is this happening? This is such... You're making the title look like nothing. And then you're... Okay, let me get this. It gets even better. This is the third Dante. So then Cole comes out, of course. Because, you know, he just lost and he's kind of mad. About Hangman, and he's saying, oh, it was a fluke that you won, all this stuff. You wouldn't do mm-hmm. it again. And you're like, okay, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Heal things. Just get this. So he says, it's never going to happen again. So I'm challenging you to a match next week. And you're like, oh, man, he wants a title match again. No. In a six-man tag match with my undisputed guys, and you find your two to show you you were a fluke. And I'm like, that's what you <sighs> wanted? 
You wanted a mm. six man. You didn't want a title match because the title doesn't matter. Clearly, you just wanted what? What's the mentality of this? That's it's it's baffling because it would have been so easy to have him demand a title match, right? And then be like, no, you don't get that right away. Except clearly Hangman doesn't care. He's just giving out title shots like they're candy. Which, like, again, he and that's fine. Like, that's a white meat babyface move. But you need an authority figure or someone to say, like, no, someone has to earn it. Like, you, there has to be right. an offset to that. And you can't do that because there is no kayfabe mechanism exactly. for earning any title exactly. shots. Tony's just going to book you day, with a title shot a NWA, week. WCW, even when they didn't have a Vince McMahon, like a caricature authority figure, or an Eric Bischoff, which technically right. was before Vince Vince McMahon as a character authority figure, like a caricature authority figure, you had the commissioner of NWA or something like that. Yeah, who or would like the president sign off Jack on matches. Yeah, like, who would sign off on things. Like you had something. Right. And there's none of that. So it's just willy nilly. And you're just, and now Cole looks dumb. Why do you care about a six? Why would you want a six man match? Why? I don't understand. None of this now, makes see, any oh, sense. Man. Dude, I'm so mad because it would have been so easy to have the stupid Young Bucks. Is it the Young Bucks or Red Dragon? It's going to be Red Dragon. Oh, okay. Well, it would be so easy to have the stupid Young Bucks be like, we got you something better than a title match. Mm -hmm. You're going to team with us. And he's yep. like, you stupid idiots. Like, you can do that. And then that, that, that further kind of helps further that storyline, too. You know what's fascinating about this? Again, I say this as I'm like, I'm watching this Monday Night War propaganda and just laughing about how like, I mean, for years, like my formative time as a wrestling fandom was spent learning all this history that I mm -hmm. missed, right? And catching up on all this different stuff. And like a lot of the moments we've talked about on this show are like terrible, stupid moments in WCW history. And, you know, there's a lot on both sides, but ultimately only one of the two companies stopped existing, you know? Yeah. And it's fascinating to like spend years, like formative years coming up as a wrestling fan, reading all these different like, oh, they did this stupid thing with booking, like example after example of bad booking that can ruin a company, thinking about other ways to do it, and then watching another company come along and make like completely new mistakes in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. It's genuinely fascinating. So Tony Khan spent like, you know his whole wrestling fandom being like, yeah, like I hate it when companies just put the title on these old guys who can't wrestle and stack the main event with their friends. So when I have a wrestling company, I'm going to have somebody who defends the title every week. And we're like, yeah, dude, but that devalues the title. Like yeah. you circled back around. And also, yeah, I don't care about Dante Martin either. So like you've just, you've devalued the title. Like the open challenge is a great conceit for something like a mid card. Title. Yes, exactly. But you can't just be out here like giving out title shots like they're candy. And if anything, the role of the kayfabe authority figure here, where whether it's Tony or somebody else more charismatic, which is fine, don't even have to do it on TV. Just have Hangman say like, yeah, whatever, I'll fight you. And then they come in either through Tony Schiavone or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, yep. no, you're not going to – this is my product. You're my champion. You're going to fight when I say you're going to fight. Yep. And I'm not going to have my like prize horse fight every week. I'm not going to do that. That was a weird mixing of analogies, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't, there are ways to do this and still get hangman page over. And it's just fascinating to watch them like book to the internet and, and overcorrect. It's, it's very interesting. Like the new, it's not going to be a Monday night war in the same sense, but yeah. the new narrative is just really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. Nope. 
Well said. Totally agree. Uh, also, the tag team titles were defended again. Um, with and again, it's Jungle Boy Luchasaurus defended him against the acclaimed, and I like the acclaimed, and I and I like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and I'm glad they're champions. I don't care. You just had yeah. a title match with three yeah. teams to four days ago. Why 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 are we doing another title match right now? Are they still pretending to do rankings for any of this? I haven't seen a single thing on rankings in a long time, so I don't I, just, I don't know. Um, not that I know of. I, it seems I, like they've given up on that. Again, that seemed like a very Cody Rhodes thing. And, yeah, it did. Um, where he's, again, and you see it more and more <laughs> now that he's gone. That man, when he, st- you know, when he helped start that company, so much was trying to bring back the sport element of wrestling that has been thrown completely out the window in this count in this year. And uh, basically as soon as he left last three, four months, mm-hmm. it has been thrown out the window and they still try and pretend like it's not, but it clearly has been. And it's just more and more obvious. And the benefit of Cody Rhodes is just glaring. And it's even and to be honest, him leaving is the most glaring thing. That's the yeah. most that's the most uh, damning piece of this whole thing is him looking at this situation and being like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I don't mm. I don't like this. I don't want to be a part of this. And now whether it's purely for that or if it's purely for his own aspirations or whatever. I, I, it's hard for me to believe he would just up and leave from something he thought was being hand like done really well. It mm-hmm. just, and even it goes to, you know, his final big promo before setting up the non setup ladder match for the TNT title again with Sammy Guevara after they did two belts for no reason. And they still have two belts for no reason. Um, uh, when he came out and was like, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to do this promo. I did all these mm-hmm. things. Like, it's even more, it's just more and more clear, just everything. And it's just, we just, we need, and there's people like that in the company, like plenty of them. So it's baffling that none of them either are trying to say anything or are being listened to. It's, it's just, it's baffling. It's honestly baffling with what's been going on and this fly by the seat of our pants, whimsical booking. That's been happening for five, you know, four or five months in AEW with no stakes and very few things with legit stories being developed. And even the ones that are, are screwed up somehow. And it's just, I I don't know. It's so uninteresting. It's just so uninteresting. I'm so uninterested in everything happening in AEW right now. And we haven't even talked about Jeff Hardy coming out. I saw okay so first of all just to wrap up with the pay-per-view I'll I'll just bring it back to my Batman analogy and just say like there are some criticisms I have of of what I've just been presented and there are some criticisms I'm I'm concerned about going forward with this franchise or this show but I still had a really good time and I'm still like I mean I can't watch AEW right now because I'm doing everybody's taxes but like I still will follow it I actually, me and my buddy are going to try to go to Vegas for double or nothing. So like, nice. I'm still on board. I don't, I don't think that pay-per-view is probably going to be a little redundant. If I had to guess like something stupid's going to happen, but I'm okay with that. And I'm glad it's around. Okay. And then 
th- th- there's no w- easy way to transition this. But like, okay, Jeff Hardy's there. That's fine. It's another it one. That- Again, every two weeks, another person comes and you're like, and then, you know what, in a sec, okay, who is this other guy that came in that I don't know who he is? Uh, this uh, Swerve Strickland. I think that's Isaiah Swerve Scott from NXT. He okay. got cut for budget. He's I, I assumed good. he was from somewhere. I don't know who yeah. he is. So, uh, and then, but in his little promo on Dynamite, then Tony Nese came up and I was like, oh yeah, he's here. I completely forgot that he even existed that's... in this company. And that happens, it's feel like every other week when I'm like, oh yeah. He's on this company. And yet every other week, someone else from WWE comes in and you're just yep. like, what? what's happening? And we also haven't even talked about the fact that Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. That's cool. I'm really excited for that. I'm Maybe. less enthused when I read that he's going to handle the booking. That's, That's not a good the idea. The problem, but like, again, let if Cody Rhodes book Ring of Honor. This is not that hard. If he's, I'm trying, I don't understand. Like, why? I, I don't know why you would buy – the only thing I can think of with buying Ring of Honor is if you're trying to start a streaming service or get on a streaming service. That's the only benefit I can see from AEW buying Ring of Honor because nothing else makes any sense. You can't that's even book the, your own show, yeah. much less another show. The only thing is the video library. That's the only benefit I can see if you're trying to start some sort of stream service or you know get on to a streaming service with someone. I yeah. can't think well, of – I don't understand what this benefit is. That That is the benefit. I mean it's so you can go to HBO Max and say we have 20 years worth of – Yeah, and if that's the case, then that's case. a smart move. But to actually I, book a show and have another show, that makes no sense. I mean it shouldn't be – and maybe the rumors are just wrong because nobody really knows for sure at this point. But like I think he wanted the tape library. He also – I'm paraphrasing this from another wrestling podcast I listened to who put it more articulately than this, but the one thing that WWE had that Tony Khan didn't was like a his, a, a sense of wrestling history and legacy and heritage. Mm-hmm. And he just bought that. Sure. Like that's what he has now yep. because you can continue to, it, it just makes it more canon when they own the tape library and can talk about it. Dude, I can't wait to see like every Ring of Honor thing ever on HBO Max or wherever they put it. Like that's sure, going to sure. be amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm really again, glad that's a good idea. And if they wanted to just like the best case scenario, which I used to think, oh, he'll definitely do, and now I don't know, is that they just it, they run it and they let it be what it is. Yeah. And now it's just a direct pipeline to yep. AEW instead of an indirect one. Like let yeah. it be your NXT uh-huh. and let it run like original recipe NXT not a huge fan of Tony Khan just getting more toys to mash together yeah like at some point you are going to lose me a little bit but I'm still really excited for it and just to see like they're going to have like a package deal with some streaming service and people will be able to find it people will be able to get into AEW like I'm excited for all that yeah all that's great and and again all that element is is perfectly fine um it it just and again, if they really commit to doing it as like, a, you know, a, an NXT thing, um, that's a good idea. I think that's that's the right move, especially because you have too many wrestlers. Exactly. And, well, now you just got all the Ring of Honor wrestlers. So it's like now it's even more. But you have too many wrestlers and the YouTube shows. I'm sorry. Nobody cares about and nobody watches. So like if you had that other property run as its other property not as a secondary brand not as anything like that because that that just never works it just doesn't 
Um, we've seen that time and time again. You know, it's like well, communism in history. It's like the, the, the two sec- brands in the same company <laughs> don't work. It just right. doesn't. And ECW uh, on sci-fi, exactly like the Soviet Union. Right, no exactly. <laughs> uh, except but, except right. that, well, that at least gave us CM Punk. But um, yeah. uh, no, so so if they, if they run, as you just said, if they run it as NXT, completely separate, and use it as a minor, you know, the minor league system, whatever, that that could work like that that's that's the move i think and then it could be very beneficial and could be very fun um if they try and kind of merge the brands or something like that that then it will be a disaster and yep. it's a horrible idea um library is a great idea so yeah again there's there's pros cons and we'll see how just we'll see what they choose to do because nobody really knows right now yep um, okay. Some more things with dynamite. Cause a lot happened on dynamite. Cause this was kind of the big reset show, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. 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 Run me through it. Uh, well, okay. So Jericho and Kingston wrestled. We didn't even talk about that match. Um, cause I just don't care. Uh, it was, oh it yeah. Was good. Oh yeah. I did, so I... Kingston beats Jericho. Let's talk about this. Okay. Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I I'm perfectly fine with him beating Chris Jericho. No issues. MJF. Lost to Jericho, but Eddie Kingston can beat Jericho at the pay-per-view, cause that makes a lot of booking sense. <laughs> oh, good lord! Um, and then of course we all saw it coming a billion miles away. Jericho, uh, either turned heel or continued to be heel. I I don't know which one, and right. created a new society. Uh, Inner Circle is dead. Boy, they dropped the ball on that. And we have the Jericho Appreciation Society with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager, who joined as they I, beat up Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz now, in one of pure, the stupidest segments I've ever seen. <laughs> See, OK, from a purely kayfabe perspective, I love that this is Jericho just openly admitting that the inner circle was always about elevating himself. Sure, that's And now funny. he's just being honest about it with a crew of people who I care even less about. Yep. To elevate himself even more. Like, as a character choice in kayfabe, that's fantastic. I absolutely yeah. love that. Sure. Am I really excited to see what happens next with the Jericho Appreciation Society? No. Absolutely not. Also, to make it even stupider, so... You know, they do the whole thing of Jericho didn't shake Kingston's hand after he lost. So that's right. the big deal. He comes out. He's apologizing to the crowd, asking Eddie Kingston to come out. He got he got caught up in the moment, you know, was frustrated yeah. and, you know, fair. All this is fair. Eddie Kingston immediately comes out and is basically saying, you're a little bitch and you should have shooken my hand. And what's wrong with you for not doing it? So you're like, OK, this is already not going right. Um, and then Jericho does. They make up blah, blah, blah. There's a bunch of big random speeches. It doesn't matter. And... Then 2.0 and Daniel Garcia come out and, and start beating up both Jericho and Kingston. So you're like, all right, interesting. And then Santana Ortiz come out. They, you know, start chasing him off, give Jericho the bat. He's going to hit, I don't remember which one, one of them. <laughs> Garcia, two, I don't even remember all their names. One of those guys. And then he doesn't, and he just clocks, I think, Santana and it sounded like he hit him hard with that baseball mm. bat. Like I was a little, I was like, Oh, Oh, I hope he's okay. Uh, 
And then, you know, oh, psych, Jericho's now beating them all up and, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then Jake Hager comes out because, of course, you know, inner circle person coming out. Well, you know, what's going on? Oh, psych, J- Hager's with Jericho. He's going to beat them up, too. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, well, waiting for Sammy Guevara. Nope, never showed up. <laughs> all right. I guess Guevara's like, screw them, guys. I don't care that's about a, any of them. That's a great kayfabe implication as well. As Sammy Guevara's like, Now, to be nah, fair, man, he did have a title match <laughs> later. You know, he had a TNT title match. But you're just like, no, nah, I don't care about these guys. I'm dead, dead to me. Who cares? That's our own thing, blah. And you're just like, all right. Morons are booking the show. Morons are booking the show. Like, these people are idiots. And, um... So, yeah, then Jericho's like, oh, I got a new group, blah, blah, blah. They associate this, uh, whatever it's called. Jericho and, Appreciation And then they're Society. all sitting there with the middle fingers on everyone. I'm like, oh, this picture looks familiar. Uh, don't think we've ever seen this exact pose or anything of this sort ever before. Um, <laughs> as you said, it's literally a dumber, less interesting inner circle. And you're yeah. just like, what? I understand inner circle was done. Like, that was very clear. And they dropped the ball by not having a big finish, you know, kind of for that. They could have handled that better, but it clearly was done. Like, that's perfectly fine. I have no issues with that. That needed to happen at some point. It's been, what, two and a half years? Like, it's been plenty of time. Correct. To just do the same thing again, but worse, is just baffling. Well, here's the thing. It would have be Jericho brilliant. be a, a solo heel with Jake Hager as his enforcer. Yeah. Just do that. That would have been way more interesting. Well, here's the thing, dude. The, the Jericho Appreciation Society as, like, the B-team inner circle would be brilliant if it was intentional, but it's yeah. not. Nope. It's not. Like, it's, it's the not. whole joke was that Jericho is like, yeah, I brought in some real ring, but they're, like, objectively worse and yeah. just make him look better. I don't care about 2.0. They've been booking them to the moon ever since they came in, and I don't care about 2.0 or, inter- or uh, Daniel Garcia. About him. I think they're fine. But well, I, don't I, think have... I don't care. I don't care. And now they keep again. They're so, you know, we complain about WWE not pushing their younger or newer stars. And I feel like AEW is like doing the exact opposite of like over pushing stars that shouldn't be. Yeah. I agree. And so I can see an argument of someone like, oh, you're nitpicking. When are you ever going to be satisfied? It's like, and that's fair. That's a yeah. fair, you know, I, I think sometimes maybe we are too critical on stuff, but I don't care. Like I, I the. The few people they chose to push, I don't think deserve the level of push. Most of them. And it's like, you know, you have so many people I wish they would push. I wish they... Okay, yeah. okay. Theoretically, they are pushing MJF. They're putting him in all these big time feuds. Yes, that is very true. It should be bigger. And he should be yeah. more respected as a character um, than he is. Because uh, Dar- he used to feel like a huge deal, and he, he frankly did. doesn't anymore. No, he doesn't, because he's just going to lose to the older, you know, 50-year-old stars. Um, it's WCW all over again. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Darby Allen's another one. They've booked, I think, well. Um, and him with Sting, I think, is a good kind of stopgap for him while there's a lot yeah. of other stuff going on. I think that's good. So I have no complaints about that. You know, he got the title win against Cody. Like, you know. I think they've booked him well, so I have no complaints with the treatment of Darby. Um, Thunder Rosa, terrible. Um, I I can't even think of it. I guess Hangman's been pretty good. Um, I'm trying here's, to even think okay. of some of the others. But, Here, but regardless, this was one of the stupidest segments I've ever seen. Well, here's here's what it is, I think. they By trying to push young people and doing things like having Hangman Page you know, put the title on the line every week. They lower the bar 
for what it feels like like greatness requires yes. requires yes to the point where it flattens their whole product and yep. nothing seems to matter that's yep. what it is it's like, like the same Daniel thing Garcia wwe has done come- but opposite but but the result is ending up being the same of not having any superstars yeah that's a really good way of putting it like if there's no i need to you know what makes like the daniel bryan run to to wrestlemania 30 great is that you can sense like the gap in kayfabe between him and Triple H and Batista yeah. or like him and John Cena. You can feel that. It takes him a while to get to that point. And when he gets the title shot like against Cena at SummerSlam, it feels like a huge deal because you could perceive a gap and now he's narrowed the gap. There's no gaps. Like the only gap in AEW is Jade Cargill. Yep. And that's gone. That's so big that you're like, I'm not going to watch any of these matches for three months because mm-hmm. nobody's going to beat her. Which, again, yeah, like at this point, we are nitpicking. I still enjoy the product. But, like, that's that's what they've done. I yep. Daniel Garcia should not be able to have a competitive match for what you are promoting as the most important championship in professional wrestling. Yeah. Like, not at this – maybe in a year, maybe in two years if he gets really over with the crowd. But you can't just do that and then expect me to care about anything. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa is still the worst example of that. The, it is. the gall to rebook her immediately with no kayfabe explanation whatsoever. Oh, jeez, it's 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 incredible. Anyway, um, yeah, it's. I, don't know. I think uh, we ran out of steam. What else happened on time? <laughs> well, I, I want to talk about the Hardy thing. We got to oh, we got to okay. talk about that some because that's okay a big deal and we now have another example of my favorite wrestler being in a company that I don't care about anymore and it's just so frustrating that it keeps happening. Jeff Hardy's been in WWE for the last like five years and I haven't cared and haven't watched and now he's in AEW right as I started to not care about the company. It's so frustrating. Um, because again, just here's another one. You know, here we go again. And this was one of the dumbest examples. This example was clearly. A, oh, Jeff Hardy's available. We're bringing him in right now, regardless of story or anything. Um, okay, let, let's just, we can just talk about uh, The Hardy family stuff is dumb and nobody cares. It's very yep. uninteresting. It was okay at the beginning a little bit, but it, it, it was boring and dumb. Yep. And then they merged with Andrade and the whole thing has been pointless. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay, Mark, here's, here's the ultimate, this is the most damning thing I can say about this. In a similar way that for like, for a period of several weeks, they could have had a different person coming out as QT Marshall every week, and I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> they could be swapping the roster of the Hardy family office every week with no explanation, and yeah. I would never, ever know. Unless it was Pretty like much. Luchasaurus or something. Like, I just wouldn't. It has no identity. It has no purpose. I couldn't tell you anything about anyone in it or why they're together. There's no, no reason yeah. for any of it's this. It's Matt Hardy sense. has money and he's hired some lesser people and that's pretty much it. Um, so Hardy, Andrade, and Isaiah Cassidy wrestled against Sting, Darby, and Sammy Guevara uh, mm-hmm. at the pay-per-view. Um, yep. And and they lost, obviously. Um, so basically, Andrade comes out and blames Hardy for everything. And then Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn turn on Hardy and then they all beat him up. And you're like, all right, well, Hardy was just a straight up heel two days ago. 
And now we're <laughs> supposed to feel sympathy for him getting beat up by the other heels. And now, oh, here comes Sting and Darby Allen. What? Why? Wait, why? Uh, now, now, okay, to be fair, I will say this. Now, I, I, I'm going to pull a Harris here, okay? I'm yep. going to help them. I think them. I know where you're going. I'm going to help them with this, with this stupid and insane booking decision that just makes no logical sense okay i'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna do harris's thing now to be fair when they came out they did not like when they didn't come out right away and they didn't like run down to the ring <laughs> they slowly walk out and slowly walk down as matt hardy is getting beat up and then they come in and attack the other people and the only thing i can think of is all right, they just want to beat these guys up more. They don't care about Matt Hardy getting beat up. They're just That's they're funny. just coming out to beat these guys up. Now the problem See, is it's six on three, so they immediately get basically double teamed <laughs> and they're getting beat up. And okay, then, hang on, let me let me cut you off just real quick. I thought what you were gonna say is that like Sting canonically has to go swoop in and save people when they're getting beat up. <laughs> like it's just a reflex he has that he can't help. <laughs> And backstage, Darby's like, "What are you doing, man?" He's like, "I gotta go. I'm staying. I gotta go. I gotta go make the save. This is what I do." Like, Dude, that's even funnier. Uh, I like yours even better. But uh, all right. So then, then after they're all getting beat up, then Jeff Hardy comes out, and to give Jeff Hardy credit, he like you know does like his little move for a second and runs right into the ring. So you're like, all right, right he but- cares about Matt. He's gonna go in as quickly as possible. Um, okay, but he still stopped and danced for one second. He? It was for one second. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, but he comes out, you know, fair, and then they're back, and now they're just straight, Matt Hardy's just straight up babyface after a year of being just this awful heel. Sure, and, and it just Ugh. feels like this could have taken a week or two of building yeah. up a Matt Hardy being turned on, like a yeah. couple things, just you know, create a little bit of sympathy, a little bit. But it's like Tony Khan's like, oh, we got Jeff, boom, and you're like. How about we, like, give it a second? You know, it's like WWE. Oh, we're, we have a guy now. All right, well, we're not going to bring him out before WrestleMania. We're going to bring him out after, you know, after all this stuff has been. You know, it's like we need some of that, like a little bit of yeah. a little bit of that. Where it's like, you know what, just because you have him right this week, maybe ain't the best story time to bring him in. Yeah, you know, but that just, would require. But of course, you know, here comes Jeff like- Hardy and the Hardy Boys theme and the crowd. Bah! So you're like, all right, well, I guess they're just going to keep doing this because yep. it's working because it's a bunch of mindless robots who are fans of AEW. It's even more than WWE. I don't care what anybody says. The oh, AEW listen. fans are even more robotic than the Most, WWE fans. Like half the people who watch WWE watch it to complain about it. It's true, too. Nobody true. watches AEW with the intention of anything other than, Oh, this is going to be great. Which is fair. Cause like for the, the most of their existence, it has been, I do really like that. We're cornering the market as the like consistently critical of AEW podcast. Not that that's going to do much yeah, for our numbers, but, and, and to be fair, like we, like, we want a, like we were happy about AEW. We're all board, all on board. We loved most, you know, it was, we didn't, I didn't, yeah. I don't remember a bad AEW show for the first almost two years. Really? Like it was, you know, we want it to be great. I mean, I think any wrestling fan would want multiple companies. Like, it's just good in general just for wrestling. Like, we want that to be a thing. But we're not just going to – it's like, no, we're not just blind fans who are going to just like everything, at least not forever. Maybe we were for a while. Maybe if we went back and watched some stuff now from AEW, maybe we'd feel differently about certain things. But at some point, it's going to come back, and we're going to realize it. 
and we're going to start to point things out. <laughs> and it's ultimately just because we like wrestling and we want wrestling to be good. Um, I think I genuinely think that you and I think of wrestling storytelling and booking much more like Cody Rhodes. We do. And I've most always known people this. just don't. And that's why they all I'm curious to see when like the average AEW fan turns on Tony Khan like they turned on Cody Rhodes. That really mm -hmm. makes me sound like a heel. But like it's wild to me that people will eat up like are just very uncritical of this company. But like at least when like when Cody Rhodes was doing stuff, even if it was flawed or like mixed or he wasn't quite sure where he was going with it, it just had substance to it. Like it felt like he had put some thought into it mm -hmm. and had some interesting places it could go. And that I think that influence, I think him losing the book, so to speak, and just kind of losing that backstage sway that he used to have in terms of mapping out the stories lines up pretty cleanly with AEW just getting more and more hyperactive at yes, the expense it does. of the product. And I, and, and, and I didn't even know this at the time until Cody left and then retroactively, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, you could go back and listen to our podcast with the way I've been talking about AEW since basically about December, um, yeah. basically since about full gear since, since right around that time period where we were kind of, I feel like that might be the one of the first, not maybe not the first, but one of the first times when we were like, the, I don't think they're booking this pay-per-view very well. Uh, <laughs> like, like as far as, you know, timing and story wise and that type of stuff. So it's just interesting to look at the timeline where I don't think there's any definite thing. I don't think anyone knows for sure, but from what I, you know, the couple things I read, it seemed like about, you know, around December, January, you know, maybe, you know, December, November, December, January, around, around there is kind of when mm -hmm. that changed. And it totally makes sense when you look at the product, because that's exactly why I felt. And I didn't even realize why at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Again, I've always been a fan of Cody Rhodes, always, ever since he first showed up in WWE. I've been a fan. And I, I have always thought he is the smart person behind AEW. And I just feel like that's been proven. <laughs> We've always known the Young Bucks aren't very smart when it comes to booking. Uh, you know, and it was Young Bucks, Kenny, and Cody. Kenny, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not really sure what things he's booked and not. Because I've kind of been a like maybe 60-40 with stuff I've enjoyed from Kenny. Mm -hmm. Where 60% I think has been, you know, amazing and awesome. And some of the best matches and stories we've seen. And then 40% is like, well, that was kind of... Not great, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit more of a wild card, but Cody has been the consistent. This guy understands wrestling. He understands how to book. He understands story. He gets all of this stuff. Yeah. And now he's been, you know, for more or less, for whatever reason, out, you know, taken off the book and clearly saw the direction of the company or whatever his goal was, or, you know, or however that worked out and mm -hmm. is like, I'm not, you know, I'm out. I'm not going to do this. And it just it just makes perfect sense. He'll never do it now because he's still young and he's about to make a lot of money wherever he goes. But I would love for him to be in charge of the NWA. I yeah. think that would just yeah. be perfect. I, he could – I know he was champ for a minute. Mm -hmm. I mean he could hold that thing for two years. Like that's 
that would be such a cool place to see him end up. Again, it's not going to happen, at least not for another 10 years, but yeah, maybe. That, that style and his personality, that that's exactly where he would thrive. I and agree. he's a big enough name that I'm sure Billy Corgan would be like, yeah, absolutely. But he can't afford to pay him that much. So Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I I, I hadn't watched NWA in a long time, but I did watch one of their shows recently because I think the, the Crockett Cup's coming up. And yeah. so they're starting to, to build for that. And it's going to be because, uh, uh, you know, Matt Cardona finally ended the very not great reign of Trevor Murdoch as NWA champion. Nothing gets Trevor Murdoch. I like Trevor Murdoch, but that just... And yeah. shouldn't have happened. Um, and which is which was great. That's a great shot in the arm. You know, Matt Cardona is awesome. Um, yeah. heel Matt Cardona is fantastic. And uh, you know, and now it's gonna be him and Nick Aldis, of course, the staple, the the golden boy, the poster child of NWA. Yeah. In the Crockett Cup with I think Jeff Jarrett as the special referee, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. That's great. I think that's yeah, an that awesome cool. idea. And and so I have watched a show or two, and it's just it it's still plugging along. They're actually touring. So they're, they, you know, they, they film, I think shows at different locations now, oh, good um, for them. Yeah, which is fun. And, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I need to start watching more of it now. Unfortunately, like the weekly stuff is on fight, which you have to pay for, but I think a mm-hmm. week after they put them on YouTube. So you can oh, watch nice. them a little late, but all the powers do end up going on YouTube. And I think they have two shows now. They have a Saturday show too, that I forgot what it was called. Um, so they have multiple shows that they will put up on YouTube, I think, after the fact, like a week later or so. So I did I did start to watch a couple of those and it's still it's still good. It's still good. They're still plugging along. And yeah, someone like Cody would just thrive, thrive in that that environment for sure. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe, maybe one day. Unfortunately, I think his aspirations are a little bit too high. Yeah, for, exactly. For something like that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But um yeah, so that was pretty much Dynamo. Oh, yeah, and then uh, uh, Scorpio Sky won the TNT title from Sammy Guevara, which is fine. Like, I have no problem with the TNT title changing hands all the time. Yeah, I think oh, that's 100%. the point of the title. Like, that's no yeah. issues with that, especially someone like Scorpio Sky. Yeah, I'm. And that's uh, that's perfectly fine with me. So no no issues with that. Um. Oh, yeah, and then uh, Paige Van Zant then yep. is now with Scorpio Sky. This is what Sky. I was about to say. Now, I'll, I'll give them this. I have uh, questions as to how that's going to work out in the long term. I don't. But that is at least very different from, oh, we just signed the latest person to get released from NXT. Oh, like, sure, yeah. This is the kind of signing that I could do with more of where you're like, really? Like, it would be wild if they came out and they were like, Shaquille O'Neal is all elite. You'd <laughs> well, be they like, tried wait that. a second. They, tr- they did do that briefly right but you know what i mean like just something of that level where you're like hang on what like that's fun i like that i really hope she goes with the kayfabe yeah i i i'm so badass that cody rhodes and brandy rhodes quit the company because brandy didn't want none of this like that is a good heel idea i love that brandy's last ever kayfabe interaction with anyone was getting run off by Paige van zandt and like one of the most car crashes of a live segment I've ever seen. True. I'm a big fan of Dan Lambert just as this agent of chaos in Dynamite. Just constantly with the weirdest angles, the dumbest angles. We're going to watch Paige Van Zant cut promos on people now. Like, oh, it's great. God bless you, American top team. Keep them coming. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Let Daniel Bryan wrestle Austin Vanderford. That's what I want. 
Please Put don't let Daniel Bryan wrestle Austin Vanderford because I, no, I like, like I like watching actually. Daniel Bryan wrestle. I don't want to see this man get murdered. Not actually, Mark. Not a not a brawl for all. Although. The, no. <laughs> That oh no! Be, you just put you just mark. put that in my in my mind, a, and now I want to see a brawl for all with American Top Team. I want to see Chris Jericho uh, in a brawl for all versus I don't know freaking um uh what what was his name um uh I just I totally blanked. Who was the guy that the the fighter that wrestled with uh with American Top Team during the pay per view the last Masvidal? one? Yes. Yes, I want to see Jericho and Jorge Masvidal in a brawl for all match and watch Jericho's life end. How great would it be as like a heel authority figure to pitch a really meta brawl for all too? And like in kayfabe, you're like, yeah, that was a great idea. I don't know why nobody ever did that again. Because <laughs> if you told me they were like, I would tune in. Me I'd be too. like, what is this? Are they serious? That would be incredible. It would be awesome. You get Butterbean to come back with like a big trophy, like pretend like he won it, even though he didn't. Oh God, <laughs> there's so much you could do here, Mark. I want to see it's so bad. Oh, what a waste! Oh, it would be so funny. It's like uh, anyway. Paige Van Zant comes out versus Ty Conti and just gets wrecked, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> the real fighter lost. <laughs> oh God, that would be so funny. Oh, oh this no. is a great idea, man. We need to be booking. We need to book professional wrestling. We're so much better. That's the kind of meta booking you need. I know. know. That's the dumbass booking that works. Oh, that's fun. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I like. I don't know. Rampage happened. Rampage happened. Yeah. Hang on. Let me just finish this last thought. I don't think Paige Van Zandt is going to light the world of women's professional wrestling on fire, but um. I'm going to be interested to see how those segments go every week. So, well played. Yep. They might at least be smart enough to book her as a heel, which, like, Ronda Rousey refuses to do, but that's another conversation. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, anyway, um, Rampage, Rampage happened. happened. That, that's all that really, you know, it's, okay. it's fine. We had another Hardy's appearance and uh, – uh, I think Scorpio Sky talked about winning the title and sure. Jamie Hayter got a win, so that's good against Mercedes Martinez. So that's good for her because she needs to be one of the mainstays in the women's division. And I don't know why they've booked her as a lackey for some reason. A Britt Baker when she's way better than Britt Baker, but that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, Keith Lee. Oh, Keith Lee, Keith Lee wrestled QT Marshall. So that's a barn burner of a match. I'm sad I missed that. <laughs> why would you do that to Keith Lee, man? I, Why would you sign Keith Lee, put him in a multi-man ladder match for your secondary title, and then have him fight QT Marshall? I, if Vince I, McMahon I did that, know. people would be furious. Yes, he would. <laughs> yes, they would. And then uh, Swerve Strickland got his big debut in the main event versus Tony Nese, which is definitely a main oh. event everyone wanted to see. So, yay. I mean, that's a Rampage main event level match. That's sure. Just whatever. You know, I don't care. Um yeah, the point is, AEW uh, still going real strong with stuff for us to make fun of. And, um, yeah, still very uninteresting overall for me, story-wise. Uh, there's a couple potentials of dumb stories that could be a lot of fun, but we know they're not going to make them fun because they never lean into the dumb stories enough. Um, I don't know what else to say. There's not much else to say. Yeah, I mean, after all that, like, I'm 
I'm still into it. I'm still interested to learn learn what happens next and, you know, start watching the product more regularly once tax season ends. Oh, but uh, it's, Brian Danielson and John Moxley are our team. And yeah, William Regal really looks like that. he's going to manage them. And that's a good idea. That'll be that's fun. That's really cool. Yeah, I I'm like into that. that. That's uh, fun. That was a good promo, too, by William Regal. Again, it's just another person coming in, but at least it's a manager. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that makes sense. Like he said a whole thing about his history with both individuals exactly. training them, you know, coming up. Like, so totally makes sense. Their personalities are all perfect for each other. Yep. Uh, so I'm all for it. That could be a lot of fun. I don't know what the goal is. I don't know if it's the goal to build other teams up or because they, they wrestled some nobodies that I've never heard of before. This work horseman hmm. team, but and it wasn't a squash match. So hmm. I, I, I don't know who I think they just beat him up for a long time, which is perfectly fine. Um, maybe it was a squash, but all I, I didn't watch the whole match. All I know is it went on for a very long time. So it might have been just a big beatdown, maybe. But anyway, that's a fun team, and that could be a lot of that could be interesting as a tag team. So, well, uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, anyway, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm not very interested in most of AEW stuff still. Oh man, I just had a vision of at double or nothing. Moxley Danielson's like, if we lose this match, we'll break up as a tag team forever. <laughs> and never wrestle for the tag team titles again. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think we've rambled quite enough. I think we are well and truly in the weeds here. And I don't know. I had a great time. I know it was mostly negative, but that was pretty fun. <laughs> true. No, that's very true. Um, so you know what? That's what it is. We we've kind of established ourselves as the anti AEW show now, which is kind of ironic. But hey, look, someone has to do it. We would we wouldn't have to be this negative if other people would realize this. That's the thing. I know. If some Just other people little. would get on board with how stupid certain things are, we wouldn't have to constantly point them out. Mm-hmm. So, I do think some people are realizing some of it. So that's good, maybe. Um, maybe. Because I know I saw some, com- I saw a few complaints about the Jeff Hardy uh, appearance of it being, you know, rushed. As I think that's an understatement. But you know, uh, and I've, like you said, I saw some complaints about Thunder Rosa. So it seems like, at least as far as some of the websites go, some people are realizing certain things. So I guess that's a good sign. But uh, I don't, I don't know. It's such a, there's so much there, man. It, it shouldn't be, it just, that's one of the things that's so frustrating. Like we don't get mad at the bad booking from WWE. Cause we're just like, yeah, they're all dumb. Like we've known this for 10 years, but with AEW, it's like, it was so good for two years and there's so many good people there and there's so much potential and you don't have the Vince McMahon agenda to deal with. Like, it's just like, it should be better. And I think we well, are right to hold them to a higher standard. See, this, we line back up. How's this for a segue out of here? We line back up again with my feelings on the Batman, which is like there are so many great elements here that it irritates me that there are uh, these problems I also have with it because they, they don't need to be there. Fair. Fair. More than fair. Because so much of it is great. What on earth is CM Punk going to do now? Is he going to have a title match next Wednesday? That uh, Probably. right. Probably, I would assume so. I assume he'll have a title match at least within the next two weeks. Yep. <laughs> um, and he'll just come out and announce that he's wrestling for the title. There'll be no number one contender, no anything. He'll just say, I'm going to wrestle you. And Paige will be like, all right. And that, that'll be it. That'll be the story. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, anyway, on that cheerful note. Yep. 
All right. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla and Instagram Woo! at behind underscore gorilla. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. And um, yeah, that does it for this uh, episode of AEW Bashing here with Mark and Harris. I'm going to change the title of the show officially. Maybe get us some more traction. Um, some hate watching like the people that watch Jim Cornette. That's that's what we need to go for. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts, Harris? All right. No final nope. thoughts for Harris. Nope, nope, no final <laughs> thoughts. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> all right. That does it for this episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.